Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, guys. Welcome to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? Man, i tell you what's happening. It's a beautiful day. It is. It's gorgeous. It's been gorgeous all week. It has been gorgeous all week. It's been a lovely week. And, of course, we got Richard Hoskins, Hot Rods and Happy Hour financial analyst slash all thing number guru. What's happening, Upstate? i tell you what. Tell me what. You know what's crazy? What's crazy? Is our calling guest we got today. We do have a pretty cool calling guest today. I mean, I will tell you something. Right. I don't, you know me. I don't like to brag. <laughs> <laughs> Did everybody have to laugh on that one? The cleaning lady down the hall is laughing. Uh, yeah, you don't like to brag. Yeah, yeah. let's go. But sure. we know cool people. We do know cool people. We have, and we have met some We people. actually have, or or in the alternate universe, do they happen to know two cool? Well, now three cool radio personalities. You know, I mean, it's all in how you twist it. You know so what I'm saying? It's all in the wording. Never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> Don't worry, you probably still won't. <laughs> Thanks, man. But, <laughs> but I mean, but we got a great calling guest. It's we actually do. our good friend Dennis. Uh, one of our first calling guests yeah, on the show, actually. actually. Our right. good friend Dennis Pitsenbarger with his all new show that's coming out. We're gonna be talking all about that. That's gonna be great. So uh, just a, just recap on Dennis though. Dennis, uh he had a TV show for a while, uh, Highway to Sell. Highway to Sell. Two, Highway to Sell two, two, two seasons with Highway to Sell. Highway to Sell was a fun show. It was actually based out of Florida. It was a great show, I thought. It was I, a great I thought show. The concept, and, you know, and, was great. and for, for some weird reasons or whatever, you know, I mean shows flop and things happen. And he's always I mean, he's always been into something, you know. Of course he's working with Seaman, he's worked with Edelbrock and he's hosted numerous big events all across oh, the yeah. country. Oh, he's even raced the semi trucks. I mean he's uh, done what, a little bit of What's that series called? I can't never think I, of it. I can never either. It's the same one I think Eric Hoffman was in. Richard, it, don't let us down. I've been to see it. I can't think of what it's It's part of the Optima series, is it not? I, I gotta look it up, but uh it's or cool. It's or, worth the Google. Or he raced yeah. the Optima truck in that series. One of the they two. raced at Greenville Pickens and uh Amber uh, and um Shannon went to see it. I mean it was awesome. Well, Dennis actually uh laid the one he was in over on the side. That right there is I'll tell you something else cool Dennis Pittsburgh has done. What's that? He has rode in my station wagon on bags down at uh uh commerce when they had a uh, road course set up that is very cool i have that picture online doesn't get much cooler than that i know That's right <laughs> well first of all you're autocrossing a station wagon which is kind of like square dancing with a fat chick and, and there's now, nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong and with if, it. if that's your bag who am i there's you nothing know, wrong i'm with not it. you know what i'm saying but that's that's just a whole nother level right there oh yeah I mean, that's that's insane. That was a that was a good Saturday. But getting back to Dennis, Dennis got this new show on Discovery Sticker Shock. This show, I've got a feeling, is going to do really good. From all the from all you know, what I've heard, it's kind of like uh, like Antiques Roadshow, but with your car. I can dig that. So these people are bringing their cars in. Of course, Dennis is going to tell us a lot more about it here in just a little bit. But that, that bring the car in, they give them the value and the breakdown of and where it's headed. So that's kind of cool. I mean, it's like the age-old question. What's my car worth? 
Uh, something very interesting I seen in the preview online is I actually saw one of the Cadillac pace cars in there. Leave it to you to find the oddest <laughs> thing there. <laughs> but, I mean, that's cool. The big they, boss hog pace car. Yeah, but it is cool that they are pulling cars like that, too. It's not well, just it's a, variety. It's you not know? just the 69 Chevelle, you know. Well, which, you know. But nothing wrong with that either. I mean, if you have a '69 Chevelle, you probably know what it's worth. Yeah, you probably you probably have an understanding of what you have. However, if you're riding around a Boss Hogs pace car caddy, you may not. And then I seen a, a low rider, a uh, like a yeah, it's like '63 Impala, '64 Impala, that black one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, if you're hitting switches. See, but what is the value on a car like that? Well, see, and that's another thing. I think that would be a hard car. To, to put a value on. Because, you know, you see some of the... Because you're going to lose money. Oh, yeah. You see some of the lowriders. Like, there was a couple Especially of, if you built it. There was a couple of them in 2016 when we were both at SEMA that, I mean, there was so much detail. You're talking about engraving in the brake uh, rotors and... Well, you know, car, the, well those cars the, can't the even... The time. Be, they're pieces of art at that Yeah, point. those cars aren't even driven. They are no. just rolling works of art, literally. So, so where do you set that price tag on it? Because as a car... If you were to look at it as just like, uh, you know, you put comprehensive insurance on it, it's a $3,500 car at very best. Oh, yeah. Well, that's any old car in general. Oh, yeah, technically, absolutely. But, I mean, because they're going on age, not your condition or right. anything like that. But now, the thing that's crazy about those cars, I've always seen, like, you know, the, the old school lowriders are all chromed out. Like, oh, that, yeah. they're perfect, like, with one wheel off and, like, an engraved rotor on them and stuff. When I see those, I always think about that person that has, like, that real crazy OCD thing. That would be, like, the perfect car for them. Oh, yeah. It's something to rub on yeah. constantly. Constantly. Something to clean. I mean I, think that would, I mean, I think that would be, like, the perfect, like, you have a problem with it? Yeah. Here. Here's your Impala. Yeah. And it, it's easy to get like that also. I mean, uh, we all obviously here love our cars. And uh, it, you do. You get kind of into a zone when you start rubbing on it and cleaning but, it. Well, you, you just want to clean one step further. You want to take this off and clean behind it and go a little bit further. Speaking of us being in a zone. Just this week, okay. You know, of course, I bought that mini truck. I got my little mini truck. Ah, uh, yes, Miss Wu. Miss Wu. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's a Mitsubishi Mighty Max. It's on full air, bodied, and all that good stuff. But the thing that's cool is, I bought me a set of old school billet specialty wheels. And I've been polishing on those, listening to Snoop Dogg while polishing my 16 inch billet wheels. Just like the good old days. I, I, mean, th- little, I think that's the only it way takes to polish back. billet wheels. I tell you what, the one thing I wish would stay in the 90s is polishing those damn things. Yeah, they won't get shiny though if you're not listening to Snoop Dogg. No, no, no. It definitely <laughs> helps. You know, I put on some Nas, didn't work. Yeah, they stopped. But yeah. then I put Snoop back on, shine came back. That's right. It's California, man. Next episode. That's all you need. We all love New York, but many trucks, man. That's California. That's Cali all the way. That's Cali all the way. All the way. So uh, where is the mini truck stand? Where where are we at with it? The mini truck stand right now. Because I haven't talked to you in about a week. Well, we are, we're we're swapping the motor on it now. Um, right. had, the, the reason the mini truck originally got parked is because it had a blown head gasket. Right. Um, I don't know anything about the condition of this little two-liter Mitsubishi engine. So I've got a fresh two-liter that's built ready to go that's going in the process. It's going in the truck. We're going to get the truck up and running. And then it's cosmetic. The truck's already jammed out, all that stuff. Now, so. didn't you, uh, you sent me a message earlier in the week. Didn't you already order you a set of seats? Yeah, I ordered a set of custom seats for it. I've got all kinds of things coming for this thing. I mean, we're converting it over, getting rid of the old Mitsubishi carb. Going with actually, this truck was fuel injected originally. The one of the parts trucks I got was a carbureted. They were talking about how much problems they had with all the vacuum lines and all that right. stuff. So we're actually going to a Weber. Yeah, setup. awesome. Put yep. a Weber carb on it. That's the way to go. 
uh, Lumicoated header uh, on it. So, I mean, it's kind of cool. I mean, where do you find a header at for a two-liter Mitsubishi? Yeah, Nin- I mean, when we 1994. Went, <laughs> yeah. When we went and looked Without at that truck. Without firing up the DeLorean, you know? <laughs> when we went and looked at that truck originally, that, that was one of the things. I was like, man, that's almost your money right there. Well, that and just, just little oddball pieces. And then, of course, you take the suspension work and all the chassis work that's been done in this truck. is insane. Oh, yeah. I Absolutely. mean, this truck's got more bars in it than a prison. <laughs> But, speaking of prison, that's where the previous owner is. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> story for another time. Yeah, that's a story for another time. You'll tune in to VinWiki for that one. But <laughs> it's uh, that truck's really hot. And speaking of values on vehicles, though. Well, it's not hot now. <laughs> no, not right now. It's, it's, it's lukewarm at best. <laughs> it's but, cooling off. But I want to tell you something. We're going to turn the heat on, Miss Wu. I got a feeling the 90s mini truck thing's coming back. And it's going to be, well, if you're you, starting to see them trend. If you want a prime example of mini trucks coming back, join us next week up in Pon- or at uh, Mini Truck Nationals in Maggie Valley. Yeah, the Southeastern, Southeastern Mini Truck Nats is going to be friggin' insane. Over 400 mini trucks from all over the Southeast invade Maggie Valley. Oh, going to yeah. be a great event. Of course, Hot Rods and Happy Hour, they're playing all the tunes, playing a few games, having a good time. Of course, then again... We're actually pulling a little double duty. Old Rob's going to stay back home Saturday because we got Carolina Motor Fest, that sacred half-mile oval, Greenville Pickens Speedway. This will be the very first Carolina Motor Fest old Odd Rod has to miss here. Oh, that's sad. It is. It's sad. Me and Richard will be holding down the Ford at Greenville Pickens. <laughs> Y'all have fun with the mini truckers. Oh, I don't mind. I don't mind taking care of them. That's always fun. And, I mean, Carolina Motor Fest is good. And, of course, we can all jump back and meet together Sunday. In Maggie Valley, so it'll all be good. Just in time for the award ceremony for the Southeastern Mini Truck Nats. All right, I'll tell you what else it's time for is commercial breaks. All right, guys, stay tuned. we got a lot more Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Odd Rod! What's happening, dude? Richard! What's happening upstate? Richard's just too cool for school. You ever notice that? He comes in on that microphone, does like a does like a drift into it. He's like, "What's up, Upstate?" Oh yeah. I mean, I'm I mean, I'm like going all fangirl over here over, over that. You know how we do. Man's been doing radio for two months, and he's like Mister Cool over here. I love it. <laughs> but anyway, guys, we're talking about car values on Hot Rods and Happy Hour, and actually buying a collector car and making money off of it and enjoying it. Oh yeah. I mean. That's the thing. So many people buy on like. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with liking. I mean, we all have things we like. No, I buy on like all the time. <laughs> Obviously. But, and from the looks of it, you're the only one that likes it. But you know what I'm saying. But this is easy. Easy. There's two others. <laughs> one of them's deceased. But you know what I'm saying. Hey, whatever. The, uh, but, and, I mean, and a lot of people, you know, Get get really kind of tangled up in in the, the old car hobby, and they throw their money in the wrong things. You know, you could invest properly and actually come out making money. And I'm not talking about you know breaking even or making a few hundred bucks. I'm talking about making bank off of your hobby and really doing nothing other than a little brain work. Oh yeah, and being able smart. to send the money, of course. Well. And, yeah, you are tying the money up, but they're like money in the bank. That's the oh, thing. Yeah, you can absolutely. dispense them at any time. Yeah, you can get, yeah, you can get cash for it uh, any time. Almost as fast as you can get it from the bank nowadays. Mm-hmm. But the uh, Richards over here like, Probably what? faster. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with the bank? <laughs> but, and, and that's the big thing. I mean, uh, my VinWiki video dropped this past week, and, and, you know, we were talking about it on VinWiki, talking about 
you know, passion and a profit. I mean, I was born at the old car hobby, and you know, something that a lot of the old timers taught me. You know, you make your money when you buy it. That's when you make your money on a collector. Oh, I agree. That's when you make your money on almost any car. Actually, exactly. You make your money when you buy it, and it's called you're buying smart. You're thinking ahead. It may not be the hottest thing right now, or it may need you know a few tweaks, but the backside of this is going to be phenomenal because of that. Well, I mean, you know, and you you can look at smaller buys too. It's why I bought the pace car because I I feel that I bought it at a price where down the road I will win. Right, you can bail out of this car. Yeah, absolutely, at any point in time. The wagon, yeah, not so much. That's more. What we like to, <laughs> that's what we like to call a niche market. That's what we like to call. You bought it because you loved it. And yeah, that wasn't like that was. Love. I don't think that's even quite a niche market. I think that's like a ditch market. <laughs> that means you stick it in a ditch and be done with it. Oh no! When you get to the point where you can park your car off and make more money than you can selling it as a whole, that's a bad thing. Well, and, and you know the thing is, you know, not to say twenty years from now that ninety-one Caprice station wagons will not be the kittens' I'm, mittens. I'm sure they'll be the most sought-after thing in the world. But I say it'd be a safe bet to ditch it now and take the loss and move well, on. Well, I mean, and you got to think about: it. Are you a car collector or are you a car enthusiast and enjoyer? If you buy cars because of pure enjoyment, then it doesn't really matter because your intentions are to never get rid of them anyhow. Well, and, and that's the thing: if you never plan to get rid of it, this game doesn't apply to you. No, not at all. But sooner or later, the game has to end somewhere. Somebody else is going to buy it. Now, the hard part in life, and this is what I'm doing, is transitioning from just buying every cool car that I see, love, want to have, to actually buying cars. Um, not only that you love and enjoy, but there is a residual value to. You're not sitting there losing money as you enjoy it. You're sitting there putting more and more money in the bank as you enjoy it. Odd rod. I'm getting teared up over here. <laughs> You're growing up. Come here. Bring it in. Bring it in. Hug up. We got hooked. Got... It's, like, it's like I don't have kids, so this is like a proud son moment for me. I'm having a dad moment, Richard. I really am. But, Goodness, I mean, like, like he's growing up. Audra's like, figuring this out. He's listening. But, but, you know, also being he's said. He's so smart. Also being said, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a car that you just purely enjoy. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I like, it, I'll tell you, every time that wagon starts up, it puts a smile on my face from ear to ear. And everyone who's usually around it is the same way. I don't know. Them neighbors don't like it at all. <laughs> no, not all. They're pissed. Yeah, they're mad. But everyone else who like comes over and but, sees them. And, like, and that's fine. But you can have that same enjoyment with a car and get a return on that investment. Oh, absolutely. And that's and that's where it's at. And that's what we're talking about. And it's almost like even a, a even a new perk to collecting. It's almost like a new realm of fun you can have with. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, you go to You mean I can collect cars shows. and make money? Exactly. So now you're it's like playing Monopoly and car shows at the same time. Now, here's an interesting factor because we've talked about this time and time again is the future cars that are coming into this as collectors. So you now all your 80 cars like you see cars like like Richard has. Now's the time to buy. Exactly. Now's the time to buy a lot of these cars because I want to tell you something. But it, it's it, all trends. It's also a unique gamble because you don't know if the Z car will take off. I mean, there's I car, think there will be a market there no matter what. Bought there's cars enough. that there's cars that are no brainer. They will take off, and I think anything with a factory turbo underneath the hood will take off. Will do well. I think those cars are niche market cars because I'm gonna tell you something. They were the villain car. Oh yeah, you <laughs> know what? They always were the villain every car. bad guy drove one. Every bad man Thanks. drove one. <laughs> Like uh, all the Richard, ski patrols. Richard, all we're saying is, you a bad man. That's all we're saying. <laughs> I got the bad man's car. You are. I mean, like, like the dude that was on the snow mountain thing, you know, that had one. He drove a Z car. 
The Wrath, Z cars. Yeah. Everybody that was a villain had a Z car, except for Hunter, the TV I, show. I think as as far as collectability goes on cars like that, it's a little bit different because there are no restoration parts. No, not right you, now. You buy a good one. Yeah. You don't you don't buy one to restore it. And you preserve it. Yes, right, you buy right. those quality cars. You know, and that's the unique thing is think about all the cars through I mean, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. Even the ninety one Caprice wagons. Do you know how hard it is to find like door trim, like where all your windows sit that still have all the writing intact on well, it? Well, exactly. Yes. I mean and that's the thing. You just don't call OP you know, OPGI and say, Hey, I need ninety one Caprice something. No, you don't. Now in the future of course, there again, I'm having the same problem with the Mitsubishi Mighty Max right now. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you can't call LMC? Yeah. Afraid not. <laughs> Classic Industries, they, they don't have anything? Yeah, they haven't, jumped on, they haven't jumped on the Mitsubishi bandwagon NPD, yet. NPD, nobody? No, nah, no, nah, afraid not. Brothers, <laughs> I, none of them. I think, I think the, uh, I think the you Caprice... Ain't, you don't have no friends <laughs> with the Mitsubishi the, truck. I think the Caprice wagon has a better chance of getting parts in those magazines. Than the... I, well, actually, you know what? You, you got me there. <laughs> But no, I mean, it, it, but it's what you enjoy. I mean, you know. It is, and, and I've got a little special plan for this truck, and I think I love challenges now. I've done this so much that I want to challenge it, and buying a beauty truck is the ultimate challenge, I and think, making money with I it. I think you can definitely get out of it ahead, not necessarily knocking it out of the park, but I think you can definitely get out of it ahead. My goal is to double up on it, and I really think it can do it. The well, good now, news with now that you have announced that to the world, everybody's going to cut you in half of the price. It but, don't matter. But but no, you, I, I think you're definitely onto something with that truck. I do too. I think I think it's going to be something different. You know, I've been watching the trends and watching the market and all that good stuff, and I really really think there's there's something there with it. I think you're open minded enough with the build on it because I know what's planned that you're going to mix enough old school and new to make it perfect and make it fit with kind of everybody. Exactly. I tell you what, never works out perfect. What's that? Is all these darn commercial breaks? No, they don't. They're right in the middle. I tell you what, they kill us every time. Guys, stay tuned. We got a very special calling guest you do not want to miss coming up next, right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On 1063 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Hot Rod! What's happening, dude? I tell you what, I promised you a great calling guest. You did? And I have not let you down yet. I'm not going to do it today. Well, there's, there's been a couple times, but we won't talk about that. Easy now. <laughs> Easy. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, upstate, everybody on the interwebs, let me introduce you to Mr. Dennis Pitsenbarger, the host of Discovery Channel's new show, Sticker Shock. Dennis, welcome to the Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Hey, man, it's great to be here. Great to once again be on the air with you guys. As always, there is nothing better than, uh, well, they all start with bees, beer, yep. and the other two I really can't say. But we all know it's guys, and we, that's what we want to talk about, man. How's it going, fellas? Man, it's going <laughs> great. It's going great, Dennis. I tell you what, I mean, you've been up to some stuff. You know, of course, we keep up with each other on social media and all that. But, I mean, now you've got this new show, Discovery, and I'll be honest with you. I've seen the previews. I don't get excited about new shows like I used to, but this one kind of got me yeah, a little fangirly over here. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Well, I appreciate that, man. It's, 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 it's as simplistic an idea as you can possibly imagine, but yet so easy to get wrapped up into. You know, I mean, it, it, it's a really simple idea of telling some stories about people and their love for their cars. And who doesn't? There is not a person on the planet, and you know as well as I do, you've talked to millions of people, there is nothing better than getting somebody you know, riled up about their car and giving them the opportunities to talk about their car because we all love what we own. And, and I'm, I'm very ambiguous when it comes to everything that I love out there. I love all cars. Now, yes, I'm a Camaro nut, but 
when you get somebody talking about whether it's their rambler, their motorcycle, their boat, their whatever that is that makes them hot and heavy, they love talking about it. And that really is truly the cornerstone of sticker shock is being able to tell a story about someone's love and, and their automobile and how it ties to them and their life and their family and everything about it. Well, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, they think, oh, it's just another car show. You got to understand, probably just as important as the car is the story that comes with it. And every car, especially the collector cars and the older cars, they have those stories. And, and you're very right. Um, you know, the thing about that is, you know, it's not just really fancy cars. That's what I love about Sticker Shock. There's cars on there that, quite frankly, you know, they're five, $6,000 cars. They're, we're not talking about million-dollar builds for SEMA or, or, you know, unlimited budget builds. We're talking about real people with real cars. And I could not tell you enough about the diversity of automobiles on this car, on this show. It is something from one end of the spectrum truly all the way to the other. And yeah, there's some high-line cars, and they're really nice, and there's some restorations and some muscle cars. There's something for Ford, Chevy, and Dodge guys. There's something for all types of automobiles. And I think that's what I'm going to have a lot of fun doing, you know, is, is letting people dive into these little stories. You know, it, it's something that is really the fun part about the show. Now, from there, obviously, there's an idea that we put a value on the car. And, and, you know, that's kind of the fun part about the rundown is my job, you know, we have four great appraisers on this show, you know, Randy Carlson, Addison Brown, Nick Smith, and Todd Wortman. And these guys know their stuff. They, they all work either with auction houses or big time sales. And they know what cars are worth. I mean, these guys, they've appraised everything from multi-million dollar cars to the guy's car on the cornerstone. And being able to tie in with those four great appraisers and be able to put a value on this car and, and find out, you know, what they buy it for. You know, what did they put into it? What did they do to it? What would they change about it? And then be able to make that story come to life. It, it's just, it, it's so simplistic, but yet it can be really addictive to find out what kind of value the car really comes up with. Well, and that's a really cool thing about the demographic you got there, from going one end of the spectrum to the other with the cars, because that ties everybody. Not everybody has that million-dollar budget for their collector car, but it's kind of nice to see something similar to what they have being discussed. I'll tell you what yeah, was, I mean, I'll tell you what was really cool is I actually I was watching the promo earlier, and I saw the uh, Cadillac Pace car on there. And I thought that was cool because that's a car you just don't see every day. Yeah, and that was, a, that was another great story about that particular car was oh gosh i wish i could remember every little number but that car was extremely rare it was an actual car that was used on the track i mean because any of these pace cars you know you know as well as i do you can get a pace car you can get a you know yeah i own a replica (laughs) (laughs) you can get a sticker kit you know but that car particularly was a really neat story because it really was used on the track well in terms of mine they made 2401 and the and one was the one that had the target top and the, it was the, the bucket seats. It's the, the one they used. It was on driven the track. by James Gardner. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yep. But see, that's and but that's one of the things that you'll find with all the different stories. And you know, a lot of it is 
you can't think that there isn't this part of it. It's the story from it was grandfather's truck. It was grandma's car. It was there's a great story about I mean, I don't want to divulge too much, but there was a story about a guy who grew up around his pastor. And his pastor drove a particular car that's going to be on the program for years and years. And this guy drove this, I mean, let's just put it this way. It's about 25 feet long. It is big American iron. It seats about 20 people. And it was a story about how once this gentleman had passed in, I guess, homage or I guess what you might say is a tribute to this guy, he had to restore the car and bring it back to life so the town could still enjoy it. I mean, that's the kind of story I love seeing come out on this program. Well, and, and that's the, the cool thing about it. I mean, cars, and I tell people this all the time. I was actually talking to a guy that's sponsoring Hot Rods and Happy Hour, and we're talking about cars. You don't have to be a car person to appreciate an automobile. And that right there is like a car for the community. Yeah, I, I will tell you this. This program is not centered around, you know, deep knowledge. And what I mean by deep knowledge is you don't have to know how to set, you know, you, you don't have to worry about what your cam overlap is or, or, you know, if your degree in the cam on your race small block Chevy. You don't have to know that to enjoy this These car. These are now. all qualities I look for in a woman. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, listen, you know me. I'm all about lots of cam and lots of compression, man. Um, but, you know, it, it's that ability to talk to everyone. I mean, it, that's what makes it fun is giving people an opportunity to see a car that's like like theirs. I mean, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be a million-dollar million car build to have somebody watch this program and enjoy it. Well, and that's the cool thing about Sticker Shock that I really think is going to appeal to the masses. And then, of course, you got Dennis Pittsburgh hosting it up. I mean, Mr. Personality himself. Well, I just, I, I'm just over-caffeinated car nerd. That's all I am. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it was funny. You know, it was funny about when we were, you know, when we were filming the show. It was funny because a lot of people, you guys know me, and you know I'm kind of over the top and kind of, you know, the big bear claws out of people. Not to be mean, but I'm just kind of, I'm just a very loud, gregarious person, and. A lot of these people, I didn't, I didn't meet them at first. I wanted to kind of, kind of burst onto the scene and introduce myself to them, literally as the cameras rolled. So there's a lot of people that were on the, that'll be on the program. You'll see. At first, I, I think they look kind of like deer in the headlights because they're like, "Holy schmoly, what am I doing with this guy? He's right in my face. He's talking loud. He's having fun. I don't know how to handle this guy." But it's to get them to open up, you know. I mean, that's the fun part. You see them through even in each individual interview and the, and the car feature. You see them kind of open up and realize that I just love to have fun and talk about cars. And, and then if we can't do that, then we'd all be out of a job. Tell me about it. But that's the realism of it, too. You know, you kind of come at him like a bulldog in a china shop. And just, I mean, but, I mean, but that's the thing. You capture the emotion. Well, that's it. I mean, there was, I, I got to tell you, some of the stories were, neat, were, were tear jerkers. I mean, you know, I, I'll tell you this, one of the cars, and I'll let somebody that interview, if they want to look up on the internet, it's pretty well known that my first car I got when I was 12 years old was a 64 Chevy four-door. And there's actually a duplicate on the program besides color. And mine got a small block. This has got a straight six in it. But it's literally one of the cars is an exact duplicate to my first car. And between that touching me, some of the stories between the, you know, whether it was their father's car, their mother's car, uh, you know, those are the things that I thought were so interesting. I mean, I, I want to divulge so much more. But, I mean, I, I got to leave some mystery. I mean, I got to have people tune in, right? That's right. That's the name of the game. 
All right, Dennis, can you tell us, and I don't want to ask too much, what was the most interesting car that you've seen while filming? Well, you know, gosh, that's like answering what your favorite car is, Camaro. <laughs> um, no, they're, they're the most interesting car. Well, I can tell you this. Um, if you've seen the preview, you see little glimpses of different cars that run the program. Um, they had everything from Cadillac limousines from the 20s. We had a Batmobile. We had muscle cars. We had, and, and I know that you guys are Camaro nuts like me, we had a bench seat Camaro. We had big block Dodges. We had, we had a motorcycle built by a kid that isn't, I don't even think the guy can vote yet, but he built this incredible <laughs> little, you know, mini bike. Um, the most interesting car to me, gosh, I, I'll tell you what, really Dennis, tough one. I'll tell you what, make them wait on it. Cause we got to cut the commercial. All there right. You go. Let's, 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 let's do that. Then we'll talk some more. All uh, right, guys, stay tuned. We got a lot more with Dennis right here on hot rods and happy. Hour. Uh, 1063 W O R D. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts. Odd Rod! What's happening, dude? Man, I'll tell you what, I am hanging on right now because we got Dennis Pittsburgh on the line all the way from the West Coast telling us about his new show on Discovery Channel, Sticker Shock, and he was telling us about one of his favorite cars on the show, and then we cut to commercial break. Dennis, you got to pick back up, man. The suspense is killing me. Well, you know, I mean, like I said, there's just so, I mean, I wouldn't even know... I wouldn't know which car to pick. I mean, there was some really interesting cars. I mean, have you ever heard of a Blu-ray 3? You know, I mean, have you heard of a Keller Super Chief? I mean, there was... Nope. There was, <laughs> Not even going to lie. No, I haven't. That's, a, that's definitely some <laughs> odd rods. There, there was quintessential middle, uh, muscle cars there. There was, there was some great, you know, Mustang, Camaro, stuff like that, Corvette. But some of the special cars that were there were hand-built. They were cars that I, you know, I had heard of, but I had not seen. And the thing, I always go back to the same thing. It's the stories. You know, the story of getting to sit down with these people and let them tell what it is that makes that car special to them. You know, whether it's a driver, whether it's something they restore, whether it's something they go and beat on at the track. Um, I had an opportunity even... And this is one of my favorites. I, w- I will tell you, you ask me what my favorite car is, I'll tell you what my favorite car is. One of my local drag race buddies who lives right over on the West Coast here, I'm from up in Oregon, and it's a story about a car who was raced by a guy named Crazy Davey. And it's a beautiful second-gen Chevelle, um, big block cage, you know, nasty, you know, nasty, nasty car, but looks like a show car on the outside and the inside. And this gentleman, who's also named Davey, got the car from him after he had passed away, unfortunately, from cancer. And one of the things that was really cool is we got to tell that story and why it was so important for him to continue not only racing the car, but complete the restoration of the car and make it the car it could be, and it is today. And seeing that story come out was something that was obviously special to me because he's from my backyard. Um, it was a story that was, was filled with passion. It was a story that was filled with heartfelt, true appreciation to bring this car back. And, you know, when I brought on, you know, the, the appraiser, um, it happened to be Addison Brown. And, you know, she goes, you know, she almost gets teary-eyed. I almost get teary-eyed. We talked a lot about his organization that we have up here called Racers for Christ, and it was just a neat, neat way to tie it all together. 
Now, it also is neat that it's a nine-second car that makes, you know, <laughs> 916 horsepower on no bottle. So can I get an amen? Yeah, can I get an amen? I'll tell you, you know what makes it so cool, though, Dennis, and, and you know and understand and appreciate this because we're able to do it with the radio show as well. Stories like that without outlets like you have with the new TV show or outlets like we have with the radio show will otherwise never get told. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. I mean, it's... It's what makes it cool, and I, and I can't thank Discovery Channel enough. I can't thank IPC enough. It's the production company. Um, everybody from, you know, Lindsey, Brian, uh, you know, all the guys, especially Todd, uh, you know, Mesereau, he was the executive producer, Aaron, uh, Eli, all these guys, they just did an incredible job. I mean, Kyle, Brian, I, I just can't say enough. I can't say enough about Randy, Addison, Nick, and Todd. You know, these guys – they were the ones that were put under the gun. Now, let's not forget this part of the show. I got the easy part. I got the fun part. I got to walk up, talk to people about their cars, and then those fours, those four, they are the ones that had to put the number on it. They had to break you know, their so heart. They, were the, ones that got, you know, they well, were the ones that got the fire put on their feet. I mean, when you think about that, I mean, it's just kind of like saying which child's the best of, of somebody's <laughs> yeah. kids or something, you know? I mean, judging a man's car is kind of like judging his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be, you got to tread lightly with that one, Matt. Because <laughs> Very. there was a couple guys that were not all happy about their appraisals, but we had to tell them it wasn't just. And just for the record, too. Now, this is something that's neat about the show. It wasn't just here's the number and tough luck if you don't like it. It was here's the number and here's why. Right. And with some of these stories, some of the guys they want. I mean, there was a couple guys that were on the show that just flat out argued, and <laughs> I appreciated that. But there was a reason and there was a method behind the madness of why that value was put on those cars. Well, that, but it makes for great television because you see the other side of the story. You see why it's done. Yeah. I mean, because I want to tell you something on TV, and you know just as good as I do. You know, those those 10-footer cars look like show cars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I can tell you, some of those, you know, there was a lot of, you know, we, we, you know, the wonderful world of TV, they call it B-roll. But, man, when they were getting down and dirty with showing some of those cars really close and where the weakness was, as well as where the strengths were, it, it made the people that thought their car was worth a little bit more than they thought kind of bring them back down to reality. So, you know, some of them argued, some of them kind of, you know, ate their crow. But, it, it, again, it, it made for some great TV. I mean, I... I, I just cannot say enough. I mean, between the crew that put the show together, the film crew that was there that were magnificent, um, I had a great time with a guy named Charlie, who's a drag racer who happened to be working on the program. Um, all Again, going back to Randy Addison, Nick, and Todd, they were fantastic. And all of the people that were on the show were just so open to telling stories. I mean, whether it be something that was – you know, could be a, a black ops, you know, a government car to just a car that a guy had and he was out having fun on the drag strip when he was 16. And it was it's, it's a neat storyline all the way across the board. Well, that's a really neat thing right there. So you have to agree with us. So I think collector cars make a great investment. Well, uh, <laughs> really, I, I like your standpoint. Go with it, Dennis. <laughs> See, now, you go with this. I want to hear your standpoint. We've got we got three and a half minutes. Come on, we can do this. 
Well, I can I can summarize, or I can give you, I'll give you the long verse, and then I'll summarize. If you have passion for an automobile and you decide to put your hard-earned money and your invaluable time into it, expecting a huge return on the other end after work, after hours of labor, after you know skinnying out the 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 pocketbook each and every month or each and every week that you get paid, and in the end you're going to end up with a car that isn't worth nearly what you thought it was. And here's the summary: if you you want to collect a car and you think it's a value, unless it's something that is extremely special, valuable, or rare, it's just a big black hole you have fun with. <laughs> See, and I, that's where we're going to be different there. I mean, I, I've done it so many times. I mean, and that's, that's what, I actually filmed a video in Atlanta this past week that dropped on YouTube talking about the values of, of collector cars, and actually we're talking, comparing it to real estate. Well, I mean, there is certain cars. I mean, I got a 68 Camaro that's just a shell. Now, you, it's not a 68 375 horse, 396 four-speed convertible. I'll sell you the thing for 6500 bucks. Come get it off my side yard. I'm never going to finish it. You know, but somebody might see that, you know, that new, it's, a, it's a shell car on my side and go, well, I just watched Barrett Jackson, so it's got to be worth a million dollars. Wrong answer. It's worth about 6500 bucks. No, you got to check the right boxes still, but... Yeah, I mean, the, if it's a, if it's the right car, you better believe it's going to be worth more money in the long run. But, you know, I'm also a person that, you know, I'll never own a doily car. I'll never have a car that gets wiped with a diaper and puts on and gets put on a trailer and taken to a car show. My car will be driven to the track, beat on the track, and driven home if it isn't broken. And I'm going to rinse, repeat, and go again. It's just I almost broke out in a cold sweat when you were saying that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I live my life in the wagon. So, and now you see why me and Andrade don't get along too good sometimes. <laughs> like, well, you just got you got to have fun with them and you got to beat on them, man. But it's it's a good time, man. I I just. You guys know it's it's all about the passion of the automobile. It's one of the things that has threaded together the, this na- this great nation we live in for years and years and years to come. So, you know, I, I just can't thank you enough. I mean, I, I gotta go. I gotta say it again. If I don't thank Discovery, IPC, all the people involved from both those companies, I gotta give a ton of credit to to Addison, Nick, Randy, and Todd for really walking into uh, the line of fire and putting value on these cars. And and, and truthfully, I said. What I said. I'm just a guy that gets to have fun and tell stories. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. So tell all our listeners when we can see Sticker Shock for the first time. All right. Well, the Sticker Shock debut was going to be Wednesday, May 2nd, but they moved it. They doubled down on the premiere. So Monday on April 30th, right after a couple of new episodes from Fast and Loud, we are going to be on the Discovery Channel at 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific, or if you're like me and you got the West Coast feed, I'm going to be watching a little earlier in that, but it is going to be 10 p.m. on the Discovery Channel, and then again, Episode 2 on Wednesday, May 2nd at 10 p.m., and then every Wednesday for another 11 weeks. I love it. Dennis, good luck with you and your new show, and keep up the good work, brother, and I'll see you out in Vegas. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. Take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.